Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly Podcast. I'm Tim Golden. And I'm Jason Hall. And we are Motown Philly. This, Jason, is episode four of the Motown Philly Podcast. You know, before we get any further, I think it's important for us to show our appreciation and love for those who have listened and downloaded. Our analytics are giving us very, very good indicators that even after just three episodes, we are making a mark in this podcast space. And we owe that all to you, our listeners. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Don't forget, once you access our podcast, turn on those notifications so that you'll know every time we upload a new episode. And we just want to say thank you for all that you've done to support us so far. Jason, I'm I'm sure you want to say thank you too. I do, I do. I mean, just echoing what you said, we are very, like, not necessarily surprised, but I, I guess in a way excited. I think that might be a more word, a better word for it. Like I'm excited about some of the analytics we've seen, um, different countries listening in. It's pretty amazing to know that um, just in a few short episodes, you know, we're making a mark and people are downloading. So we just want to, we want to say thank you. We're appreciative of it. Keep listening. Hopefully you, we'll keep giving you guys solid, great, crispy content that that really resonates with you guys, and um, I'm, I'm we're we're overjoyed, and we just want you to continue to like, listen, su- subscribe, uh, share. Sharing is important. Sharing is caring, right, Tim? So that's right. And when you when you do share on your social media platforms, please use the hashtag Motown Philly. Hashtag communicate, hashtag connect, hashtag community, and make sure that you spread the word far and wide. Because at bottom, Jason, we're just a couple of African-American men, Black men, brothers, who have a keen interest in engaging a culture that is so often unhealthy. And we want to push back against that. And what Mm -hmm. we want to do is give you a healthy dose of some good conversation and some on topics, I should say, good conversation on topics that are relevant and that can be transformative if we apply the principles that we talk about here. Because here we're all about communicating healthy, Mm -hmm. building healthy connections and healthy communities. That's what it's all about. Listen, communicate connect and community and those things are so rich so rich for relationship so rich for understanding so rich for just getting through tough conversations when you understand why you're opening up your heart your mind and your mouth to start having conversations that you might have thought should and should never happen sometimes but tim and i are here to just open up and continue to 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 do those three things, the three C's as he calls them. It's real funny. I never told you, Tim, like there is a three C in being a speech language pathologist, which I am. And it really coincides with the three C's that we do. Um, in my profession, there's a clinical certification of competency. 
That's what our three C's are are called: being competent in the in the to being certified. Um, and those things are required in what we do. But those three C's roll over so ever so nicely into what we do as a podcast. And our main mission, you guys, if you're listening, is to communicate, to connect, to create that connection, facilitate connection, and to really create that community um, that we're that we all seek for. Wow, how about that, Jason? How about the the overlap, the seamless overlap between what we do here and what you do as a communications professional? True. So I, I'm just again, I'm thankful for everyone who's tuned in and listened in. Please continue to do so. And I want to point out that today we begin a four-part series, Jason on emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And the first aspect of emotional intelligence that we're going to engage this week is self-awareness. Yes, sir. Self-awareness, emotional intelligence. And the first aspect of our four-part series that we'll cover this week is self-awareness. This is a pretty heavy topic, Jason. It is. Um... And it's, it's, it's I, maybe I could say all, all of our topics are my favorite, but to understand self-awareness is, it is a heavy topic. It's a deep topic. It's, it could be very philosophical. And I'm so glad that I'm sitting here having this conversation uh, with a professor who's a professor of PhD in, in philosophy. So this is quite apropos. <laughs> because I think this topic is very deep, but we can get into it. Yes, let's get into it. And I'm glad I'm here with the communications professional because that's an important part of what we're getting at too. Well, I, I wanna begin, Jason, first of all, by saying I wanna, I wanna frame our conversation as I often do by the fact that we live in a world that often castigates black men as being emotionally incompetent and incapable. And here we are, two black men, one from Detroit, one from Philadelphia, hence our name, Motown Philly. Motown Philly, guys. And we are taking the bull by the horns and our very presence in this podcast space, in this podcast universe, and our engagement of this topic stands as an act of resistance against those cultural and social forces that presume to be able to swath all Black men in their formulae and say Black men are thus and so. So mm -hmm. we stand here today in conversation about something that the culture tells us we're not supposed to know anything about. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I like this kind of healthy opposition. So seriously, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's well, into emotional it. intelligence. When I think about emotional intelligence, Jason, the phrase seems like an oxymoron hmm. because we don't associate the emotions with the intellect. We tend to associate the emotions with feelings, with the heart, and we associate the intellect with the head. And one of the things that we try to do here in the Motown Philly podcast is ensure that you get a healthy dose of both, yeah. that you not only get an appeal to reason, 
the intellect, but that you get an appeal to the emotion. So the fact that the phraseology is somewhat paradoxical is really appealing to me because as we approach this topic, we are essentially approaching our mission as it relates to the content that we offer. We want to not only address the heart, but we also want to address the head. And as I think about emotional intelligence, Jason, I'm going to mention two philosophers and sort of talk about them very briefly, and then we'll we'll get into to this idea of self-awareness. Okay. But Aristotle was looking for what is unique about human beings. Mm-hmm. And as an ancient Greek philosopher, he studied nature. And one of the things that he saw when he studied nature is that there are parts of nature that have a faculty of nutrition that is that take in nutrients that need things to survive. Mm-hmm. And he put plants in that category. Right. Plants take in vegetation, takes in nutrients, and it grows whether it be water or sunlight or what have you. And then he looked at other parts of nature and he said that animals have nutrition and perception. That animals see things. They see, they have, if you look at lions or or any of the big cats, for example, they have predatory instincts. They have uh, lions, for instance, have great night vision, much, much better than human beings enabling them to hunt and see prey and so forth. And so he, he said, you have nutrition, you have perception. And he said, those can't be the things that make human beings human beings because in order for human beings to be human beings, there has to be something unique to them. Mm-hmm. And so it can't be nutrition because that's shared between humans and plants and animals. Mm-hmm. It can't be perception because that's shared between humans and mm-hmm. animals. He said the thing that is peculiar about human beings, and by the way, the Greek term for peculiar is, is idios, I-D-I-O-S, which is the root word for our contemporary term, idiosyncratic, mm-hmm. that which is peculiar to one mm-hmm. or unique to one. He said that that which is idios or peculiar to human beings that makes us human is reason. Mm. So we have reason, we have perception, and we also have nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so reason is a big part of of who we are. Mm -hmm. And and then there's a, a more contemporary thinker from the 20th century named Martin Heidegger and he's a German philosopher. And Martin Heidegger said that he was interested in the study of being. But he wasn't just interested in the study of any kind of being. He was interested, Jason, in the study of that being whose being is an issue for it. Ooh, I'll repeat that. that. Yeah, unpack that, break it, repeat I'm it. I'm going to repeat then, that. Yeah, don't, don't just run Martin, down. Martin Heidegger said he's interested in that being whose being is an issue for it. And if you think about it, 
who are the only beings in nature whose being is a concern for them? That is human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have dogs, cats, animals. They all have concerns. They're sort of instinctive. Mm -hmm. But if we take Aristotle and Heidegger seriously, we are the ones who are able to reason and argue and we are the ones who have actual concerns about ourselves. Right, right. Concerns about who we are, concerns right. about our own being in ways that the rest of nature doesn't. So when I think about emotional intelligence, I think about a concern, a rational concern of human beings for themselves. Got it. And, and I think when we talk about emotional intelligence, we have to talk, especially this week, with this concept of self-awareness, about how it is that we show concern for ourselves. And what I thought of in preparation for this episode is some very basic questions that go along with emotional intelligence and self-awareness. The question of who, who we are, mm -hmm. our identity, mm -hmm. what are our values? What are the things that matter to us? The question of, of what we are doing at any given moment. The question of why we are doing what we're doing. And lastly, the question of how, that is, if what we are doing is good, how do we sustain it? And if what we are doing is destructive, how do we stop doing it and begin on a more constructive course? So I think that sets the table for us, Jason. I think it does. And as you roll that out, Tim, I really feel that we might we might need four sessions on just topic number one of four of of the four uh, parts of emotional intelligence, at least coming from us. But if you want to talk about awareness um, as being one of the self-awareness as being one of the strong dominant pillars of emotional intelligence, there are layers of understanding your, your realm of awareness. In my coaching program, you guys know that this podcast is a branch of the Speaker's Mechanic Shop and what I do as a communication coach. Like I often preach awareness, like the, and there's a, there's levels to awareness and learning. Like when you're learning, you have to become aware of something in order to know that you're trying to learn that thing. And so that is just information. And then you start learning the practical theories of what you're learning and try to start like functionally applying those things. So what I hear you saying is like, there are so there are different points of awareness to your why or your and your where and your how or and there was a what right as well uh, uh, a who a who a who who am i who am i a, a what 
what am I doing? What am I doing? A why? Why am I doing why am what I doing? I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And a how? How? Either, either how can I continue what I'm doing if it is constructive, or how do I stop what I am doing if it is destructive, and begin a path that is constructive? And you know what's fascinating wow. about what we're doing now, Jason, is we're sort of uh, resolving this paradox by trying to discuss this paradox of emotional intelligence, right? This almost oxymoronic phraseology. And, and if we could just demystify that for, for folks who are listening, I think what we're trying to do beginning today and for the next however many sessions there are, because as you all know, Jason and I do not have all the answers. We hope we're asking the right questions. Yes. And and we would love for you to listen along with us. But one of the things that I think we're trying to show is that reason and the emotions are not necessarily opposed to one another, but that they're designed to work together. Mm-hmm. That is that there's nothing wrong with feeling how we feel. But there is something wrong with allowing how we feel to completely dictate behavior when we have an intellect that can tell us, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Notice the intellect is not saying you're not supposed to feel how you're feeling. The intellect is, in some sense, helping to control our response to that. I like to, I like to, I'd like to liken the emotions, Jason to a smoke detector that goes off in the middle of the night. If your smoke detector goes off in the middle of the night, you don't ignore it. Hopefully, you you would make a mistake if you just got out of bed and took out the battery because the noise was bothering you. I think it would be a good idea to check and see if at some point there was a fire raging somewhere. Uh, And it's the same with the emotions you don't structure your life around your smoke detector in the same way it would be unwise to structure your life around your emotions. But you would be as unwise to ignore how you're feeling as you would be to ignore your smoke detector. And so emotional intelligence, I think, is one of those things where reason and the emotions work together. And I, let's, you know, let's look at this question, Jason, because I think dealing with ourselves is is not easy. We are allergic, and it's not easy because we're often allergic to accountability, right? We live in a culture in which it is so much easier to blame others mm-hmm. than it is to face ourselves. And, and one of the things I, I want to, sort of get into now is this question of who we are. Are we self-aware enough to the point where we even know who we are? What is our identity? In what ways do I subordinate my identity for the interests of others because I want them to like me? I think it's important too that we give a more top-down look at emotional intelligence so we dug we're digging right into self-awareness but i think to give the vantage point of 
you know, what is emotional intelligence? Like you said, it's very oxymoronic. They're very counterintuitive ideas of trying to find an understanding about a type of consciousness, if you will. And the I, like the makeup of what emotional intelligence is, at least from the standpoint of how we're going to talk about it, it is centered around the self and others. And if and and, and to understand that first, I believe that's primary and necessary because what we're talking about today, self-awareness, is going to be followed up by a another aspect of awareness. And it's just like social is what is what is the term? What is our, our four terms that was that self-awareness, self-management, self-management, social awareness, and social management. Right. So to be aware is not is one part of self. Like some people can know so much information, but not have the ability to manage it, especially we're talking about healthy term and healthy terms. On healthy terms, this everything that Tim and I talk about, we want to center it around what is not necessarily normative, because no one's really normal, but what is healthy. And you can't just have an awareness, you have to have an awareness, you need to have an awareness and a type of management with the awareness that you have of self. And that also goes and extends out to the other human being that's on the that's adjacent to you or in front of you. It's a it's a social awareness. And then there is social management, or we call it sometimes social skills. So to have that top-down understanding first is to understand what is this thing called we're talking about awareness, but awareness is the component of emotional intelligence and why is even emotional intelligence important like why did we just why did we why do we even think about this topic to to even discuss Tim as we dive into awareness like why is this even important like why are two two guys like us even bringing this to the stage and bringing it to the to the hearts and minds of those who are listening listening to us right now Good, Jason. That's good. No, I like that. So let's so let's pull back. And before we get into the the who, the what, the who, the why, mm -hmm. the what, and the how, let's let's flesh out emotional intelligence a little bit more. I, I like that. Well, I think emotional intelligence. Well, let's let's think about what it would mean to be emotionally unintelligent. <laughs> and what would that what does an emotionally unintelligent person look like oh. Oh. And, and i think if we can get an image of what that looks like we can see how important the topic of emotional intelligence actually is mm. if i would imagine that a person who is emotionally unintelligent is one who feels every feeling that human beings experience, but who is terribly- or something. Who's what? Would somehow ignore those feelings? Would, 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 either, would either ignore them or would express them in ways that are 
destructive rather than constructive. Imagine a person who feels angry and who decides that they're not going to say anything about their anger to the person in front of them, but instead they are just going to radically change their behavior toward that person mm. without any conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are going to end up with a lack of communication, a lack of connection, mm -hmm. and an obliteration of any possibility of community <laughs> before it even starts. Yeah, it's called loneliness. That's right. Uh, being, you, or being alone. <laughs> you have, you have, and notice there's nothing wrong with the anger that our hypothetical person experiences. Maybe the person's anger is fully justified. Right. But if it is fully justified, and handled unintelligently by not being communicated to the person in front of them. Mm -hmm. Notice, because of a dysfunction in the self, a dysfunction in the other person follows Yucky. almost Yucky. of necessity. Yucky. Yucky. So our person's ineptitude at dealing with anger in a constructive way, again, there's nothing wrong with being angry, Perhaps mm -hmm. their anger was justified. Natural emotion. But, but that's right. But it's, it's, it's a legitimate emotion. But if you don't handle it intelligently, mm -hmm. then you are destroying communication, connection, and community. And if you repeat that pattern, dysfunction, you end up with a life of total dysfunction and a life that will probably be very lonely, as you put it. Mm -hmm because you've eliminated any possibility of communication, connection, and hence community. So I, I think that might be, if we, if we picture that person in a pattern of self-destructive behavior that we're describing, and imagine that that person is, begins this pattern of self-destructive behavior as a teenager, and that the person is now 80 years old. Hmm. What sort of life are we beholding? And do you who are listening want to be 80 years old, so mired in dysfunction that you end estranged from any sort of community you could have had because you were emotionally unintelligent? I think uh -huh. if we meditate on that for a minute, we can see why emotional intelligence is so important. I, I was a full-time clinician working inside of um, hospitals, uh, skilled nursing facilities, and working with patients who had communication disorders. And some didn't. I didn't necessarily work with them, but I was still observant. And one of the most saddening things to see, um, no matter what type of successful life, when I say successful, I, I liken that to what the world considers successful, what culture considers mostly successful. We kind of, I think you and I understand differently and our listeners do too, but success as the culture calls it, you know, I had a lot of money. 
maybe had some fame, at least within the community. But in their last years on this earth, they're isolated in their own rooms, um, in their own beds, in their own chairs or seats without the community that I can say rocked with them or was, you know, mostly there with them potentially, maybe through their life, but there's a, there's an isolation point and you often have days, weeks, even months go by where these individuals in these facilities are not having, not even family, bro. And it's not like the family doesn't exist or friends having, you know, frequent or you know, even infrequent visits from, from individuals. I think something you said, though, that was really important as you were breaking down the dysfunctional part, if you will, of being angry and choosing to get up and not tell the other person about what's going on with you emotionally. And there is a decision that happens when you choose to get up and walk away without regard to the person that's in front of you or sharing, if you will, what's happening to yourself as far as the anger, which is a natural ex emotional experience. When you choose not to share in an intellectual way, as opposed to becoming mute, if you will, and not expressing what's going on with you, that's where the intelligent decision comes from. I think that's where the, we make crucial decisions. I think this is important. We make crucial decisions after an emotional awakening, whether happy, sad, mostly sad, and, and, and most of the, the, dark, the dark feelings, we either don't know how to articulate, express, or communicate, and there is a shutting down, and then a shutting away of an individual when the when the decision should not be that when not making the decision is also making a decision but when when we choose not to communicate and express hey i'm feeling this or something's going on inside that's where the iq the emotional iq raises when you're saying you know what i'm experiencing something and i just want to i don't even know how to articulate it but i just want to share something with you so you can know that maybe we can be okay now or later or sometime in between, but I'm something, I'm processing something. When we learn how to articulate those emotions better, the IQ begins to raise because we're dealing with those emotions. We're not just noticing them and walking away or lashing out or disappearing or withdrawing without words. The intelligence comes when this conversation about emotional intelligence is how do I articulate it to myself first? Hello, somebody. And how do I get to articulate it to the person I'm doing relationship with? What do you think? I, I agree, Jason. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. And as you were talking, I was reminded of our example of anger, but you can pick whatever emotion you like you could pick happiness right you could you could be happy about something and decide not to share it mm -hmm. with someone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or what's what often happens in relationships is because i myself have a dysfunction that 
rivets my attention on things that make me angry and detracts my attention from things that bring me joy, I may have eight things out of 10 going extremely well in my life. And I have two things out of 10 that are not quite the way I would like them to be and that make me angry and that make me frustrated. Mm -hmm. And in my relationship with the person across from me, I almost never share any of the eight good things, <laughs> but I always share the one or two things. Good point, good point that frustrate me or make me angry. So now we're dealing with a complexity of emotions, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. variation of emotions. We have happiness, we have frustration, anger, maybe even sadness, mm -hmm. maybe a sense of loneliness. And every time I talk to the person in front of me with whom I have relationship, my communication, mm -hmm. because I am functioning at an unintelligent level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of emotional intelligence, my communication is always about sadness, anger, or frustration. Yeah. And that has a way of diminishing connection because we end up burdening other people. Mm with how we feel and this may cause frustration in the other person who may need a moment and look at their phone when you call and say that's who's calling not today chief i so need good. a break so good listen that like, that's that's you're on target so it's just like you have we because we're complex you always say that um individuals are complex human being we are all complex human beings and these are these the idea of emotions the reality of emotions if you will having to understand that we at some on, on any given day could be dealt a hand full of emotions but if we're not choosing because it starts with a choice and even the learning i think emotional intelligence we can we can probably say that it's a some to some to some it's a it's an intuitive thing to know how to navigate at a very high level. It can be, not often, but it can be. But probably for most of us, it's a skill that we can learn. So I have a, a deck of cards of emotions. And if I only know how to deal to you the bad hand that is not choosing good emotional intelligence and sharing or fostering or helping to create that connection, you got to communicate well to create connection. You you understand about your happiness. You understand about the joys of your life. You understand, but you want to come and deal bad cards only. You're not dis, you're not demonstrating for yourself first of all. Let's be honest, and also not demonstrating to the other person that um, a good choice, if you will or decision-making of how you deal out those cards. Be human and express anger, but don't always express anger. Like there, there's a, <laughs> express sadness. And, but right. if you're always assess, expressing sadness, maybe you're depressed and hopefully, you know, you have to, you have to have some balance of, of, of sharing, if you will, or communicating those emotions, right? 
That's exactly right, Jason. And now, okay, it's time for some transparency here. Right? Okay, let's go. For I it. have to. I have to be very transparent about it. this, and go I don't think you mind. Uh, first of all, we need to share our competence ladder yeah. with our listeners, right? So Jason and I are having this conversation now here on Motown Philly about emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're talking about is that emotional intelligence is important because to be emotionally intelligent is to be self-aware enough and to be able to manage one's emotions effectively enough in a way that does not destroy, but rather that is conducive to building up and constructing healthy communication, connection, and community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That does not happen overnight. Mm. That is an acquired skill. Yes. I'm going to get to the transparency in a moment, but I want to talk a little bit about our competence ladder. Yep. When you are trying to get better at something, for example, you may be listening now and you may be totally unaware of your own emotional, your own lack of emotional intelligence. Right. This is what we call here at Motown, the Motown Philly podcast, being unconsciously incompetent. Mm -hmm. You are unaware that you are not good at managing your emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, after listening to this episode on emotional intelligence, one of your takeaways will be, I need to be more self-aware and I need to manage how I deal with how I'm feeling mm -hmm. in my relationship with myself and others. Okay. Now you are consciously incompetent. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've gone from unconscious incompetence where you don't know what you're doing and you don't know that you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. to conscious incompetence where mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing and you at least know that you don't know what you're doing. Right. And then from this point forward, not maybe it's not all because of listening to Motown Philly but maybe a lot of listening to Motown Philly in conjunction with mm -hmm. other things, you have decided that in your relationship with yourself and others, you are going to work on, say, sharing more of the eight good things than the one or two bad things in your relationships in your life, nice. with your family, with your friends, with your romantic partners, whomever. Mm -hmm. You decide that's what you're going to do. Now you are consciously competent. So you are now consciously working at it. You're applying principles of communication, connection, and community, and emotional intelligence that are improving your overall quality of life in your relationship with yourself and others. And then you eventually get to a point where you have consciously practiced it so much and done it so well mm -hmm. that the principles of emotional intelligence and healthy communication, connection, and community are just like breathing to you 
-hmm. And at the top of our competence ladder, you are now unconsciously competent. Right. You're so good at it. You Don't become the it. Tom Brady of emotional intelligence. You become the, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry, the Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. right? The Allen Iverson of emotional intelligence. You, mm -hmm. because you've worked at it. So I don't want any of you to think, first of all, I don't want anyone to feel bad about themselves right. if they happen to be doing these things because we're all a work in progress. But second, I just want you to know that you can be unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, and then eventually unconsciously competent. We just have to work at it. So if I could just touch on this as a matter of being transparent, there was a time, Jason, in our relationship where I had a bad habit of having nine things going well in my life, one thing not going so well, and I would call Jason just to talk about the one bad thing. And then one day I caught myself because Jason said to me, man, Tim, you just took the wind out of my sails, brother. And I scratched my head and I said, huh? And in that moment, I realized that I had to change my disposition toward my own emotions so that now when I call Jason and talk to Jason, I've said, first I said to myself, I deserve to live in gratitude. Mm -hmm. So because nobody's life is perfect, there's always going to be one or two things that cause anger, frustration, or sadness. Right. But I got these other eight or nine things going on over here. And if I focus my attention enough on them, notice I'm not talking about denial. Right. I'm not talking about not addressing the things that are problems. Right. I'm talking about a disposition toward my own emotions that enables me to process them healthily with myself and then share them with others to the point where if something is bothering me and Jason says to me now, hey, Tim, how's it going? Jason, man, it's going great, man. But I had this one little thing happen. But, you know, on both sides of my sadness or my frustration or my anger is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've learned to begin my conversations with others by talking about how good things are going. In the middle, there might be an emotional detour. Mm -hmm. And Jason and I can, or some, or whoever the person is, uh, can commiserate. Mm -hmm. And then on the back end, I can come back and talk about how good my life is. Right, right, right. So, so now all of a sudden, when Jason sees my name pop on the call ID, it's like, yo, think of my man. Let me my guy, my guy, what up? <laughs> and what we have done is, I have well, what I have done is I have figured out a way to communicate, to process my emotions and communicate them in a way that builds connection and maintains a healthy community between me and my friend. So I just wanted to share that with you. No, I, I love that. Um, under, you kind of mentioned what maybe some people know out there, especially if you have 
younger kids and you're aware enough to 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 know how to communicate when you're trying to encourage and trying to encourage anybody it's not just for young kids but i've heard it and used in that in this way it's called the sandwich approach it's not maybe it's not just for young kids it's not for young kids it's not it's like when you're going to talk to someone of course anyone uh, but definitely someone who you love and care for and maybe they're not really keen on critique and maybe or maybe they have low self-esteem or whatever and then or you just want to make sure you you're building them up you don't have to go in for the jugular and be so critical to them you can often say let me tell you something good let me tell you the problem but then let me tell you something good again about what you're doing and it's called the sandwich technique and it's just like that we don't know it but what we're trying to do today is allow us to have a top-down look at governing like so the sandwich technique is a mechanism or it's a it's a strategy but i re we really want our audience and we want tim and i we want to practice we want to understand like that competency ladder we want the full view the full awareness of how we don't we don't want just strategies we want to understand what is this thing what is this emotional uh, deck of cards and how do I wield them skillfully? This is part of communication. And to understand when I become more strategic, when I become more intelligent, more knowledgeable about how to wield or to share or to express those feelings to someone else, to those who I care about or even strangers, is to understand that I could do it in a more judicious way. I can do it more in, in, in a more, um, I don't know, just a more skilled way so, so we can continue to foster that connection without having that break in between, to, in between because I, I just went off the rocker or I just, I, I wasn't courteous. So me just coming dumping with that's no one like you said no one wants to talk to that person on the phone no one wants to be like oh we know what that's about i know how that's gonna go you, you don't want to be that other person but when you have a level of emotional intelligence it's people see your phone or maybe see your phone number pop up and they're just like yeah this 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 is gonna be a great con there's there's a level of joy and excitement because they understand you know Mm -hmm. That's right, Jason. And what you call the sandwich technique is the communication principles that lawyers are taught when they litigate. And these are the communication principles of primacy and recency. People remember the first thing that you say, and they remember the last thing that you say. And if you can sandwich, as you've put it, criticism, or something difficult between two good things. Notice we're not talking about sugarcoating. No. And, and, and this, this, you know, you have to be selective here too, right? Because there may be times when people need to be accountable. Mm -hmm. And there may be times when the sandwich technique has the potential to do more harm than good because you could lead the conversation forgetting about what the problem is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you don't want to, you have to know your audience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is another, another subtlety here. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
I think this business of emotional intelligence has a lot to do with boundaries. It has a lot to do with accountability. It has a lot to do with self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope that as you hear us discussing this subject, you start to see how a neglect of the emotions can just be disastrous for communication, connection, and community. Let me say this, Chick. Like, why does and I, and I know we're going long, guys. And but this, I guess, what we're saying is we open. By the up- way, by the way, Jason, I'm gonna let you finish one second. Jason just called me Chick. Chick is my nickname, so he may call me that from time to time. You want to know the story behind that nickname? I will divulge that at another time. But Jason, please go ahead. Continue. Yes. As I was saying, Chick, uh, (laughs) when it comes to the idea of truly like understanding what what we're trying to convey when it comes to our emotional intelligence, it's the purpose of always understanding or doing the continual job of understanding in a more judicious way, I can do it more in, in, in a more, um, I don't know, just a more skilled way so, so we can continue to foster that connection without having that break in between, to, in between because I, I just went off the rocker or I just, I, I wasn't courteous. So me just coming dumping, with that's no one like you said no one wants to talk to that person on the phone no one wants to be like oh we know what that's about i know how that's gonna go you you don't want to be that other person but when you have a level of emotional intelligence it's people see your phone or maybe see your phone number pop up and they're just like yeah this 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 is gonna be a great car there's there's a level of joy and excitement because they understand you know that's right, Jason. And what you call the sandwich technique is the communication principles that lawyers are taught when they litigate. And these are the communication principles of primacy and recency. People remember the first thing that you say, and they remember the last thing that you say. And if you can sandwich, as you've put it, criticism, or something difficult between two good things, notice we're not talking about sugarcoating. No. And, and, and this, this, you know, you have to be selective here too, right? Because there may be times when people need to be accountable. Mm-hmm. And there may be times when the sandwich technique has the potential to do more harm than good because you could lead the conversation forgetting about what the problem is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you don't want to, you have to know your audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is another, another subtlety here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this business of emotional intelligence has a lot to do with boundaries. It has a lot to do with accountability. It has a lot to do with self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope that as you hear us discussing this subject, you start to see how a neglect of the emotions 
can just be disastrous for communication, connection, and community. Let me say this, Chick. Like, why does and I, and I know we're going long, guys. And but this, like, guess what we're saying is we open. By the up- way, by the way, Jason, I'm gonna let you finish one second. Jason just called me Chick. Chick is my nickname, so he may call me that from time to time. You want to know the story behind that nickname? I will divulge that at another time. But Jason, please go ahead, continue. Yes, as I was saying, Chick, uh, (laughs) when it comes to the idea of truly like understanding what what we're trying to convey when it comes to our emotional intelligence, it's the purpose of always understanding or doing the continual job of understanding how did we how did we get here when it came to a mindset of culture pushing back on us and this is kind of where i wanted to go with it we i know we have limited time like it's it's it culture can have a silent and vocal effect on us of just not really adhering, especially if you're men, to your emotional state, bro. And what we're saying is they're both important. One should not outweigh the other. Let's talk about balance here. Like we're not saying also ignore your emotions, but we're also not saying just be instinctive and be emotionless either because we have to walk in in some type of balance but culture doesn't necessarily nurture that idea especially in men and maybe even more in black men that's right jason culture advances what we hope the motown philly podcast will cause to be the soon discredited canard the discredited lie Mm -hmm. that Black men don't know how to effectively manage their emotions. What we want to do here in this conversation is try to resolve this oxymoronic phraseology of emotional intelligence in a way that says, contrary to the culture, because there's one side of culture that says this is a popular hashtag, facts over feelings. I'm not quite sure what that's supposed to mean. So there's this facts over feelings, there's the whole MGTOW movement, and there's this movement that sort of tells men you gotta ignore your emotions completely, which for us is a mistake. But I don't want people to walk away from this episode or any episode of the Motown Philly podcast saying to themselves, well, wait a minute, these are just a couple of guys who are mushy-gushy and telling us to sit in sit in our despair and suck our thumb and, excuse me, and, and give in to our emotions. No, we're not saying that either. What we are saying, as you nicely put it, Jason, is that reason and the emotions have to work together. There's a balance there. There's nothing wrong with feeling how you feel. There is, however, everything wrong with allowing how you feel to completely determine how you act independent of any rational considerations whatsoever. Definitely. 
That's why it's called emotional intelligence. Your intellect is still very much the guiding force, but your, your emotions have space to develop and flourish and to serve their function as the alarm system of the human soul. They are to the human soul what the smoke alarm is to your house. Mm -hmm. It is designed to send signals and to protect you, mm -hmm. to cause you to experience fear where there's danger, to cause you to experience happiness where something good is going on, to cause you maybe to experience sadness at loss and so forth and so on. So. But but you again, you don't live in those emotions, but you don't ignore them either. And I think that's what we bring you here mm -hmm. at Motown Philly is two black men dealing with the reality of the whole person. Right. This is not a MGTOW podcast that's going to tell you facts over feelings and that you're feminine because you experience emotions. We're not going to tell you that. And we're not going to tell you that you have to, that in order to be like a, uh, in order to be a better man, you have to abandon your reason. We're not going to tell you that either. Right. So <clears throat> again, excuse me, I'm sorry. I don't have a frog in my throat today, but the point is that we're here to bring you balance. And I don't know if there's any, perspective that I've heard out there, Jason, that is trying to achieve that balance. Mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of extremes mm -hmm. on both sides. Mm -hmm. But I think if I could go back to Aristotle again, Aristotle tells us that virtue is found at a midpoint between the extremes of deficiency and excess. We're not going to tell you to have a deficiency of the intellect, and be driven by your emotions. And we're not going to tell you to have a deficiency of the emotions and ignore them and rely entirely on your intellect. We're going to try to encourage all of our listeners, male and female, mm -hmm. to and everybody else in between to find that sweet spot. Yeah. Find that sweet spot and be a whole human being. Don't give in to this truncated version of male identity that the culture tries to push upon you because you are a human. Don't allow yourself to be dehumanized. I think that's a good message, Jason. I love it. I love it. We we definitely want to always incorporate the whole self. Why, why do we want to ignore that? Like we should not ignore like the, what we have is what we've been given. So to ignore a part of it is to not is to is to not fully own up to our our entire self, our most authentic self. So if we have emotions, learn to manage them, learn to deal with them, learn to understand and learn to sit with them. We're not we're never saying ignore them. We're saying understand them and know how to process them in a very judicious way first with ourselves and then to those who we come in contact with especially those who who are who are we love and care about and, and and can hold space with and can really process with us 
sometimes our emotions that are very complex and and difficult to to comprehend. So it's a hard thing being a human, but running away and acting as if we we're not going through stuff, we're not feeling these things and knowing what to do with them in real actuality um, can be can be a very tragic state for a human being. Tim and I talked yesterday about some violence that was going on in my city. Um, a young African-American male was just doing some, he was out on some mess. I, that's just what I can say for what he was doing. I don't know if I just want to speak plainly about it because that we can just continue to talk, but he was out doing some foul, nefarious type stuff, killing people on a spree. And um, we can just look at him. Tim and I can just look at him and just call and just call it a waste call it, chalk it up to be like, yo, like that's a bad dude and he needs to be up under jail. He probably killed probably four people yesterday, just randomly shooting people. Um, and and we can walk away and say, he need, we need to lock him up and throw away the key. But I often talk to Tim about, yo, you can't judge a person by his last action and not take account his, his entire humanity his entire, of course, his environment, what, what happened to him to bring him to this point. Like he, he wasn't born in a vacuum and was let out and then did that stuff. Like things had to matriculate in his life in order to allow him to come. No justification, let me say that. Let me just say that uh, heavily. No justification for, for taking others' lives in a random way that he did, just haphazardless. And Tim was like, the, the effect that he had or the thought that he had in, or the carelessness that he had in killing other people, it was quite assured that he had that same carelessness for his own life because it was just a tragic, tragic scene. Feelings and emotions, bro. That's right, Jason. That's right. We can, we can, and this is, this is the danger of the legal system. And I can talk bad about legal system and lawyers because I am a lawyer. Sure. So I'll just say this. What the law will do to that young man is completely unrelated to what that young man emotionally and psychologically did to himself mm. and others. The law can only deal with the former. The law cannot change his heart. Mm -hmm. The law cannot change his mind. The law can put him in prison. The law can punish him. The law can put him on a gurney and use a syringe to end his life. Mm -hmm. But what the law cannot do is penetrate his heart, his soul, his mind, and create the kind of transformative change necessary mm. to redeem his humanity. Mm. We have a bad habit of imposing heavy expectations on law and legal systems, and we ask the law to do things that it is fundamentally not equipped to do. Mm -hmm. It just can't. 
And so Jason is right. We can castigate this young man, and that's easy. Easy. That's the it's, it's, it's it's easy. A low that's, bar. That's low-hanging low fruit. fruit. Right. Right. Anybody can anybody can take the bully pulpit and moralize on how tragic and horrifying it is that he would go on a killing spree and shoot innocent people. And this is the kind of thing that's wrong with our world today and all of that. But very few people, very few people are willing to ask the hard question of what made him that way? Mm -hmm. How did what we made get him who he was? We can, it, it's sort of like mowing the lawn and cutting down the dandelion. You're going to cut them down and your lawn is going to look better for a little bit. But if you don't deal with the root of the weeds, they're just going to grow back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking about R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. We can lock R. Kelly under the jail. R. Kelly's music career is over. He will never see the light of day again. But I wonder what will come of the church culture in which he was sexually abused by men and women wow. as a child. I, I, I wonder what will come of the culture. And I wonder how many more R. Kelly's may be being produced right now. So we can mow the weeds. R. Kelly's gone. He's locked away for a long time, mm. but the dandelions are gonna return. They're gonna grow back and there's gonna be more people, particularly more men, more black men, more black men in America, more black men around the world who are constantly pathologized and told that they are emotionally incompetent and don't know how to deal with their emotions and then go to express their emotions and get vilified for being soft or suckers. So black men are often put in untenable situations hmm. where on one hand, you tell me I don't share enough. And on the other hand, when I do share, you shut me down. Hmm. So let's not take the easy way out here at Motown Philly. Let's challenge ourselves to dig a little deeper go a little deeper and we will have had some success at trying to achieve our humanity. Jason, I think one other thing I think is that this is now going to be about a five or six part series yeah. on emotional intelligence because we, we I mentioned the beginnings of self-awareness and you very wisely brought us back to explore the depths of why emotional intelligence matters to us so much. So I think it's safe to say that next week we'll be getting at self-awareness. True, true. And for you guys listening, one of the reasons why Tim and I wanted to start a podcast, because we often have discussions like this and we bring out topics and we explore them uh, with not a hard agenda, but our conversations that we've had have in our in our mind has been something that's shareable that that maybe other people might be interested in and they take sometimes 
not weird turns, but like turns that were unexpected. And we start and there is a, a back and forth that we create just in our conversation that we might have, this is what we wanted to talk about, but we, we begin to explore so many, so many things connected to that in much deeper ways. And that's kind of what happened. What happened today, we didn't necessarily, we planned on something, on something specific and something else happened because a deeper thought, a more progressive thought, maybe a, a more foundational thought to where we were going started to, started to peep his head out. And we That's went for right. it. And, and Jason, there's nothing wrong with that because one of the things that we give you here at the Motown Philly podcast is not just high quality content, but we give you content that is organic. True, true as life itself is organic we experience twists and turns and conversations and discussions take us to unintended places but i think the trip that we took today jason was well worth it so can you believe this is episode four of the mm -hmm. motown philly podcast emotional and we, intelligence and we just wow. started we, and we, we, we are started. just getting started so thank you all for listening just let you know where you can find me, you can find me on Twitter at DRTJGoldenESQ. You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. Jason? You can find me on Instagram, the speaker's mechanic. Of course, I am a communication skills coach. If you guys are listening who need professional and, and entrepreneurial skills training when it comes to communicating, your message to your tribe and your community hit me up look me up say i listened and i want to i want to learn more know more and be a part of my community and we can continue to grow so instagram the speaker's mechanic look, look me up i appreciate that that's right and if you want to be a great speaker then jason is jason is your man he's your coach I know firsthand he works with actors, he works with business owners, he works with people who are looking to make a mark in their communities, and I, I can tell you with certainty, you will not be disappointed if you, uh, if you employ him for his services. So Jason, I think that makes another great week, and we will see you all next week for part two. I don't know, it might be part two of five, part two of six, part two of seven, but we'll see you for part two of Emotional Intelligence next week. Remember, when you're sharing this podcast, hashtag Motown Philly, hashtag communicate, hashtag connect, hashtag community. Love you, Jason. Love you too, Chick. And love you guys too for listening. Share it. Appreciate y'all.